What up, what up, what up, what up, what up, good people? This is your boy, Steph, with my co-host. Sex therapist, Jen. Welcome to Love, Lust, and Lies. This is episode seven. Eight. Is it eight? eight. Oh, my we, god! We moving on up like George Wheezy. I, I feel like this time has gone so quickly. Yes, episode eight. Why are you so mad? Why are you so mad? Those That's what we're talking sound about. Very today. familiar. I feel like, as a black woman, I've heard those. I've heard that question multiple times over mm. my lifetime. So this this is a trigger for you? Not a trigger because I've grown and evolved. Okay, yeah. Okay, look at um, you. Look at you out here, yeah, yeah. be a Miss Butterfly. <laughs> I have grown and evolved, but I feel like that's a a go to question for guys is mm. why you're so mad when they feel like they're getting aggression that they didn't cause. Right. Definitely didn't. Yeah. Des- I, so whenever it's happened to me, it's like, oh, sis, calm down. <laughs> I didn't do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It wasn't me. Yeah. I understand you might got issues from past relationships or past inter- interactions with other men. It wasn't me, though. Yeah. Well, I feel like those are some things I hear in therapy, too. Mm. People will bring to the table, especially, like, single women. When they come in, they're like, well, people always tell me that I look real angry or I come across angry or oh, past partners have broken up with me because I couldn't let any of that anger or aggression go. I'll say it's a trigger for me mm-hmm. when people be like, what's wrong with you? Yeah. yeah. Well, you have the angry black man look. everybody. <laughs> now, shout out to all my IUP friends. When I got to IUP, I was I was first known as LCS, Little Cousin Steffi. Yes, I remember that. <laughs> oh, my God. I was known as Little Cousin Steffi because, you know, shout out to my big bro, you know, JC, you know, he... He, he apparently was talking to me, to everybody mm-hmm. he could talk to. Oh, yeah. He was so proud. When I was, you know, coming up to IUP to go to school there or whatever. And when I first stepped on campus, mm-hmm. everybody like, nigga, you little cousin Steffi? <laughs> Six, you five. big as shit. How the hell are you little cousin <laughs> Steffi? But, uh, yeah, so after that kind of moved on and I was on campus for a while, mm-hmm. I started being called straight out. Oh, state pen instead of Penn State. <laughs> um, 15 minutes because it looked like I just got out of jail 15 oh. minutes ago. My I had not heard that one. Oh, that was uh, uh, breezy and them would call me that. <laughs> Shiz would call me state pen. Um, who else? Shit, my daughter's mother, mm-hmm. when I first got on campus, thought I was a drug dealer. And, that she, was, and she went not, for you. She did not think. <laughs> well, it, we didn't start. We didn't start talking until probably a few months after I had, you know, I mean, almost a yeah, almost a year. You look like you a know. certified drug dealer back then, though. See, th- see, this is this is the problem. <laughs> you looked angry. You had anytime someone talked, you just look like, "Why are you talking to me?" No, I will say that. <laughs> I, I guess if a man could have a what is it? RBF, rest yeah, bitch re- rest in bitch face. Yeah, yes, I definitely had a. <laughs> why the fuck are you talking to me? Yes. I didn't start talking to you, right? But here's the here's the funny thing. I have had that face since I was a kid. Mm. And, like, my grandma, even though, like, I didn't know my pop growing up, right? Mm -hmm. So my grandma, his mom, 
would say to me, it amazes me how much you are exactly like your dad, even mm-hmm. though y'all never met. Right. So when she would come visit me or I would go visit her, she mm-hmm. would be like, boy, fix your face. Smile. <laughs> Smile. Ain't nobody did nothing to you. So she said, how you wake up mad at the world? And my mom That's would say that. That's such a grandma thing Yo, to say. My mom would say the same thing. She'd be like, boy, you just woke up. You mad at your teeth? Because all you did was brush your teeth. So I don't know why my face was always like that. But the funny thing is, most of the time I was singing songs in my head, oh. writing poems in my head, stuff like that. Just didn't and You were just in your I head. I was just so in just my didn't, head. It didn't come it, across. It didn't come across. So people would just think, yo, why is Steph always mad? Right. What, what's up with Steph? And then when I actually was mad, mm-hmm. then people was like, oh, no, he mad. Yeah. Like, I know the difference <laughs> now because Steph is, turns into the Incredible Hulk when he right. mad. He start punching shit. Cursing at everybody. That's how people assume that. you're going to be from the start well, based yeah. on how you look. So, uh, yeah. I mean, okay, well, it, it that's comes, noted. I guess it comes with it. Yeah, But, yeah, that noted. shit used to piss me off when people be like, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? So you Nothing until you're at, and, and, if you keep asking now, it's something wrong with me. So you can understand why we don't get like to get that from. question either. But I think it's an interesting topic of, of why you're so mad because guys will ask this question a lot. And I have gotten it even just like walking down the street or yeah. I'm in the store, you know, before we were not wearing masks. <laughs> People could see your facial expressions. Right. Um, guys would ask that. And I used to get really irritated. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yes. I would get super Women irritated. Women get so irritated by that. It's, because it's annoying, I guess. You could say anything. You could yeah. ask me anything at that moment because we don't know each other. But... Th- that question is already going to provoke me. Right. Because I get I'm it. like, if you bold enough to ask it, you're going to get it now. You're going to understand why I'm mad. <laughs> you're going to understand. But, I, but, you know, as you and I were talking about before the show and, and why you wanted to talk about this, I think for me as a black woman, why are you so mad represents so much of our history. All right. I don't mean to cut you off. You want to go into yours first? But let's, let's do... Get, I got a story to tell, okay. and then we'll dive deeper into okay. it. Okay, all right. Because why you so mad is one thing. Mm-hmm. But also women, they don't take kindly to compliments either. Oh, I don't a- understand that either, so we're going to dive into that. Okay. So this week, I got a story to tell. is based around my years as a Comcast cable guy. <laughs> oh, boy. So, I'm uh. I go to fix this uh, lady's, you know, cable or whatever, and I walk in. She's real nice, mm-hmm. you know, and we just kicking it. I had to go out. I had to do some work on the pole. Mm-hmm. So I go out, work on the pole and all that, and I come in, and now I see, like, the flirty talk. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, my God, I can't believe you go up on that. that like, how <laughs> tall is that ladder? And all this other bullshit, you know, right? The, the little small talk. You're like, none of this matters. Right. So she's like, oh, my God, I would be so scared for you, like, if you were my boyfriend. Mm. like." And I'm like, oh, okay. I mean, so as usual, mm-hmm. I give her, you know, receipt, and I roll. Mm-hmm. Get a text on the work phone later on. <laughs> hey, this is such and such from, you know, mm-hmm. uh, wherever. Now, she was Beautiful. I mean, drop dead gorgeous. Mm-hmm. So, and she, this might sound 
racist or whatever, but it is what it is. She had a very Caucasian name. <laughs> like, even her last name was very Caucasian. Listen, I so, take offense to that because I, people have been telling me that my whole life. Really? Yes. Well, the way you spell your name is different than... I, first of all, I didn't spell it. Well, my yeah, mama chose spell to spell it this way, okay? <laughs> my name is Jennifer with one N yeah, and one last N. name is Smith. Okay, it's the most basic I remember name. when I first met you, I kept messing that up. I uh-huh. was like, why the fuck is it... Well, all right, listen. She, but, but, she black. Her mama wanted to make a difference. Man, wanted to make a difference. <laughs> but that is something that I've heard my whole life, though, is that I have a Caucasian name. Really? Yeah. Oh, shit. Right. Well... Okay, go back I, to um, Yeah, so... When I opened the door, mm-hmm. when I first got there, I was like, her. oh, shit. <laughs> and she might have saw it on my face. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so she sends me texts. I'm like, oh, hell yeah. What's up? No, I ain't got no girl. Nothing, <laughs> nothing, you know what I mean? All that. And then, I don't know. I would just, when I, were, when I would text her, it would be like, good morning, beautiful. How you doing today? Mm-hmm. Beautiful. And this and that and this and that. Until she, like. We had a date set up, and I don't know if she was just having a bad day. Yeah. So I said, what's up, pretty eyes? And she's like, oh, my God. Like, you are, is <laughs> like, I can't be that beautiful. Jesus Christ. Ooh. Like, why are you always saying that? And I'm like, <laughs> You're like uh, um, hello? <laughs> I'm confused. Right. And she's like, like, what? so what? I'm beautiful. Who cares? Say something else. Yes. And I'm like, well, I'm just introducing into a conversation right this is the first time i text you oh, so today yeah i'm just saying what's up beautiful mm-hmm. yeah man that's all and she, she kind of internalized it and i see that happens a lot when guys yeah. call, say hi hi beautiful or you're not being genuine you don't really mean that i hear that a you say that times to other women day. yeah who and else you like, send that to this morning right it's like uh sis dig this <laughs> You want me to come up with a new fucking good morning every goddamn day? You know how many days in a year it is? <laughs> Shit. I'm going to run out. Creative. I'm going to run out by fucking February if you <laughs> want me to come up calendar. with Maybe something every Maybe we can come up with a calendar, with like a, a pickup line, a pick-up for, line every for every day. Yes. Shit. I ain't got it. I could yet. probably get through half the year with him. I yeah. got, I got, I don't even got a full day. Because he going, I'm telling you, if you using my calendar, you're going to run out by 12 o'clock, bro. I'm telling you. <laughs> I had never, I never had lines. I was terrible at pickup lines. I mean. Well, there should be a real handbook for guys, uh, honestly, about that. Because, yeah, I mean, and to her, I don't know her full story, right? right? Of, of what yeah, was and happening that, and on the, the other thing. side of the text. We, the man doesn't know her background. Right. We don't know right. what she's been through mm-hmm. that being told you're beautiful all the time could trigger you. I don't know. Right. But that's not fair to take it out right. of you that's either because you're fault. trying to be genuine. <laughs> right. And I think that that happens a lot. People take the aggression out on somebody else who wasn't deserving of it. And at that time in my life, that was one of the most beautifulest, as Keith Murray would say, <laughs> women or woman I had ever met in my entire life. Yeah. So I was like, damn, she like, like she shot her shot at me. Right. You're you like, goddamn I'm going right, to compliment you every goddamn day. So, so you won't go nowhere. Right. But then another story I have to tell. Mm-hmm. So. I meet this this young lady at uh, 
a bar. Mm-hmm. Lights were dim. You know, we didn't really, <laughs> you know, we couldn't really tell. Mm. I thought she was cute. Not that but I dim. Didn't know. I like to hold up my phone. I need to see the light. I need to light somebody <laughs> up real quick. Yo, I need that, to see what I'm working yo, with. That is crazy. <laughs> I can ima- I can't imagine me. Like dancing with you, and then you just hit me with the spotlight. Like, no, what you look no, like? No, it's not the spotlight. It's like um, when you just if, a if little. You, uh, if you decide to exchange numbers, I just oh, when I open my phone up, I you turn got the bright light, and then the bright light. I'm on my phone, so so when he's holding it, I can it's highlighting his see. face. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> or if it's somewhere like you know that they got candles or something, I'm like trying to push a few more over at the in front like, of yo, us. Come stand over here. Come stand over <laughs> it's here. Well it's so much more light right here. Yeah. <laughs> I need to know what I'm dealing with. I've been set. I've been bamboozled before. Listen, yeah, that happens. Oh my god, that that soon as that henny wear off. Woo. Anyway, but yeah, so met Shorty at the uh, bar, whatever. We get outside. Mm-hmm. You know, we kind of just milling around, and I'm talking to her, and I'm just like, you know, uh, so. You know, can I take you out? Mm-hmm. What's what's what's, your, what's going on? She like, like that's a, you want to just jump right into like going out, and I'm like, uh, I don't know what how else, to answer this question. Right, right. Like, <laughs> is this I'm a trick confused. question? Is this rhetorical? Like, what, do you want me to say? Let's talk on the phone for 13 weeks, and then <laughs> like I didn't get the, I didn't understand, and I, she then eventually, as we started to date, was like. I don't know. It was just like mm-hmm. a moment when me and you stopped talking in the bar and then like niggas was just coming up. At, right, I don't know. Right, it, right. It, I guess it. I kind of took it out on you. Mm. She just said it. That was no apology. Oh. She just said it. <laughs> and I'm just like, okay. But then I started to notice that. It was a pattern. That was a pattern. Like, mm. yo, why are you always angry like you don't take compliments well every time i say something you don't like you just jump down my neck music soul child had a song <laughs> called previous cats if you out there music what up if you listening you my nigga because that song <laughs> i am not anthony steven tony or whatever the f- i can't remember the words right now but Go listen to previous cats. Mm-hmm. That song is so fucking true. Like, I ain't did nothing to you, sis. Whatever your old niggas did, start on a new slate with me. And then you can blame me for all the shit I did. <laughs> you know what I mean? There will be plenty of it, ladies. So. Oh, oh ah, listen, coming from me, <laughs> shit. My fucking wife was saying the other day, I don't understand <laughs> How I picked you. I, she going to be asking herself that question a long time. Oh, listen, we got about 60 years of this. This going to be a long time, April, a long time. <laughs> like I can tell 60, <laughs> 60 years of time off my watch. Anyway, but yeah, so back to your uh, your story where you were about, well, your Yeah, my testimony. Your Shoot, testimony. My testimony. Yeah, there you go. Of, I'm sorry. No, my testimony of why are you so mad? Like, right. So- I'm going to double back. So to your point also of like when you were approaching or saying these things to women, Mm -hmm. guys don't always understand the backstory. And it's not your job to understand the backstory when you just meet somebody. However, guys don't take into account of how much women get approached. Okay. And how much disrespect sometimes we're approached with. 
See, now that part I will get I'll mm-hmm. give you that because I'm not a real disrespectful guy. Right. So I in my head is like, well, when dudes are saying something to you, they're just saying hi, you look but, great right. and all that other bullshit. Right. And it's hard because in a setting like a bar or like a club or yeah. Depending on, on what, <laughs> right, or depending on what's happened that day, like you might have already been approached by somebody a couple of times that said the wrong thing, did right. the wrong thing, and then your patience tolerance is very little by that point, and you're like, I don't fucking get it. Like I just need somebody to be calm, cool, collected, or you just might not even have the space to entertain anybody. anybody even if you come in time. and say something nice, it's like. Listen, our three dudes have already come up and said some old ignorant shit to me, or I said no to them, and then they said some ignorant shit to me. And now I just don't have the space to want to talk to anybody, you know? But I have found for myself, I get most frustrated with guys because I'm already mad at another guy. (laughs) See, if a woman would say that to me, I would be like, you know what? I totally understand. Most of the time, most of the time, if I'm dating somebody, and we're not on a good page, you know, like you take it out on other I, somebody else. I'm also talking to <laughs> doesn't do something <laughs> or says, you know, some other shit or doesn't give me what I want. Then I'm like, fuck all men. Fuck y'all. You ain't do this. You ain't do this. I'm kind of both of y'all. Uh, like, yeah, I get in my head like that. Um, but I find that when when women are approached by men, sometimes most of the time they're angry because somebody else that you really wanted. Right. Won't even give you the time of day. And then here is all so-and-so up in your face trying to make something happen. And you're like, you're not the one I wanted. So, all right. It's unfortunate, glad, but it's the truth. I'm glad you brought that you're not the one I wanted not part Not the one of, I wanted. Right? So, you know how you always see the memes. God, if you just send me, <laughs> if yep. you just, you know, if you ain't want me to be married, God, all you just have to do is me. say so. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, sis, I sent you about 32,000 men, <laughs> but you told all them niggas no because you wanted a nigga like Raheem right. just without Raheem's bad habits. <laughs> it's like, no, none of them dudes is good for you. Right. That's why I sent you Peter, who's a nice <laughs> young man. He right. goes to work every day. Mm-hmm. He's respectful to his woman. He takes care of his children, yeah. all this stuff. But no, nah, you want Akbar, <laughs> who, who want to do all this other bullshit. Yeah. Even though he a good looking man, he yeah. ain't good for you. Right. So, right. And it's hard to decipher the difference of what your needs versus your wants. So because so, of that. In the years of two thousand, late two thousand seven mm-hmm. through about two thousand fourteen, mm. no, yeah, yeah, two thousand about seven years, mm-hmm. I was a total asshole to women. Mm. I was just a total asshole because I was always the nice guy before. Oh, and then and that I, did, I, you being got a, being a nice guy was that shit was. Sus. Oh my god, that shit mm-hmm. sucked. Right, because I was always getting the short end of the stick. Oh yeah, because they was always leaving for old Raheem. There it is. <laughs> yeah, you know I mean, so I said, if good guys finish last, I don't want to be I'm a good guy. In the stages of where women ain't really trying to find. They say uh-huh. they trying to find a man, but they ain't. <laughs> Let me be this asshole that all these women are dating, mm-hmm. and I will say this. I can't, I didn't do no scientific, you know, study. (laughs) 
my woman rate went sky high mm. after that. I also did get a little, you know, more handsome. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Pimples, According to you, pimples went away. You know what I'm saying? Was able to afford a haircut every week. You know what I'm talking about? I was in the gym. You know what I mean? But yeah, man, I don't know. It was like when I was trying to be nice, mm-hmm. it wasn't very receptive. Yeah. When I was an asshole, women liked it more. Mm. So I thought I had to meet their aggression with more aggression. Oh. And because it worked, yeah. I was like, cool. I'm with that. Right. But then when I actually started looking for a woman. Right. Then you were those like. Those traits was hard to get rid of. And uh-huh. I had to slowly, you know, come around. But I still faced, even in my asshole days. Right. Like, what you so mad about, sis? I get it. <sighs> women are pretty much have been fighting all their life. Like, definitely. I've been fighting <laughs> all my life. Mm. Or I had to fight all my life. <laughs> yeah, I had to my, fight all she my going, life. April going to get me that. It's her favorite <laughs> movie. Anyway, I get it. Mm-hmm. I totally understand the strife y'all go through and the shit y'all got to deal with on a daily basis, especially black women. Yeah. I don't know the white women struggle. I ain't never really hung around white women. <laughs> I don't really know too many white women. I don't even think I know closely any. <laughs> Uh, well, not, not not saying yeah, I don't right, want to. Right, it's just right. my encounters through life. Totally. Like we were discussing before the show, mm-hmm. before we started, I've never really had a job where I worked around women consistently. Yeah. Like. Which is so, so interesting. When I was in radio, I worked around women for like two years, but then actually it wasn't even two years. Right. It was only like a year because I transitioned to the board op on the late show. Oh yeah. So it was yourself. just me. Yeah. And then on the morning show, I mean, I was only there for like 15 minutes, mm-hmm. 20 minutes to do my uh, little part. And then I left. I was a cable installer. It's not many right. women in that. Right. Um, when I moved down here, I was a network engineer and it's not really many women in that. No. I was in an office with nothing but men. Mm-hmm. And now my job now, it's pretty much the same thing. I, everybody on my team is men. My boss is a woman, but right. she lives in a whole totally different state. I don't really see her that much. Yeah. So. Well, it's just, a, it's interesting because women definitely have, I feel like men have their own struggles, but women have so much more projection from society and from each other. Okay. You know, like, so it's, it's very, it's always been interesting to me. So like for myself, and I can only speak for myself, I hope other women listening will be able to relate in some way. So for me, I, oh, even growing up, I was like, why is it that little girls got kitchens and baby dolls? Right. You know, like to play with because of the societal because pressures, of the societal and all that pressure stuff. of like, that's your role. Right. Little boys got GI Joes. And Game Boys. And the motherfuckers was fun. <laughs> but it was like, those were the big difference. Right, and it's right. like, I don't, I want to go play with some other stuff. I don't right. just want this little kitchenette set, you know what I mean? Or I don't want baby dolls. And like, that was always something that was conscious to me growing up. Right. And, um, and then so like, as you get older as a woman, 
you're talked to about like, well, you're going to have a baby and you're going to marry a man. And, you know, like you, you can kind of condescending. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, but but what if what that if I don't want that want. to be my plan? Yeah. Like what if, that's what you keep telling me. That's what I'm going to be doing. Right. But I just never felt I don't feel like society gives women the freedom that, at to least be I, anything to else. be anything else. Yeah. That was what it was. Even when I remember like when Barbie was around, <laughs> Barbie was like she always had to look perfect. Right. She had to be a certain way. And then eventually like they had like black Barbie different and types, different yeah. types different type Barbie. And then I remember when they made like career Barbie, where yeah. she actually had other things. And I, I was like, Thank God, somebody that. pushed yeah. for her to have some other type of job. <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> she wasn't always at home. Home waiting for 10 right exactly but then, then she had a whole plethora of things but it was just like the narrative started to change yeah. and even for me like being a black woman there was so much right. pressure to you got to be the first to graduate high school first to graduate college first to not get pregnant in high school right. you know like you have to go to college you have to do all these things to set the example and you know it's just like that stress, it's going to come out on your face. It's yeah. going to come out in your demeanor when you're thinking about all these things that you're just dealing with all the time. And, you know, I was like, I, I, for for where I work at, like, we deal with eating disorders. And I was mm-hmm. like, and somebody made a comment recently about, like, oh, like, black people don't get eating disorders. And I was like, uh, oh, that is time. false. <laughs> I was like, that is it's false. I was like, and I was like, I, it would have been very easy for me to develop an eating disorder based on how my my family and friends used to talk about how small I was. You remember right. how tiny yeah. I was when I was in college, right? That's how it was my entire life. But it was like, well, you need to gain weight. You need to eat. You need to do this. And that's what I was doing, but like I couldn't. It's get like, fam, it's a genetic thing. Like I right. can't just make myself it was, gain twenty pounds. It, it was like always. It always for women. It always feels like you're never good enough. You either need to gain weight, lose weight. You need to get a new job or do this. You need to be with this man or dump him. It's always like one or the other. And it's like, damn, where is my flexibility in my own life? Right. So I felt like when you know, like especially guys come up and want to die, I'm like. You don't even know what the shit I'm going to deal with today. Today has been a day, nigga. I don't have the energy for you based on all the other things that I'm dealing with. You know what I mean? And, like, it doesn't just, it comes from your job. Like, for, I've been single this month. It's been four years Mm -hmm. that I've been single. I've had so much, um, like, I've just had so much pressure at work uh, Mm -hmm. in, in previous jobs of, like, Oh, well, like, we need somebody to be on call this weekend. Oh, Jennifer, you can do it because you're single and you don't have kids or a husband. Hold on. They say that? Yeah. They actually say that. That used to be said to me in staff meetings. I would be volunteered to work shifts because I was single. And I was like, I'm sorry. I do have a life, even though it doesn't. Like, just because I'm not going home to somebody don't mean I ain't got other shit to do. Exactly. But that's how people used to volunteer me. You know Uh what I mean? Or... People would just automatically assume like, oh, well, like if you don't get a man soon, you should probably just think about freezing your eggs. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like these are, this is the, but these are the things that. No, I've had serious conversations with women about that. Right. Like these are the things that are said to us on a daily. So it's like we carry so many different layers. And I feel like when men, yeah, sometimes just get the, the, 
the spew of it when they right. come up and say like why are you mad i'm like listen i got a whole bunch of reasons to be mad today and you gonna get it because you asked this question <laughs> you opened the door man <laughs> you opened the door i'm gonna walk right you on wanted to it. be the therapist today you gonna get this session now you know so what about the let me play devil's advocate okay okay please because i oftentimes mm-hmm. even though i know the struggle of the woman i because of the things I've had to deal with in mm-hmm. life, even though in my opinion, I don't feel like it was a lot. Mm-hmm. But if if I was to sit and talk to a therapist, mm-hmm. they'd be like, no, nah, motherfucker, you've been through some shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and because I think it's normal because it's what I've grown up with. Mm-hmm. I say. As a plain devil's advocate. Yes. What about the things that men go through? I think sometimes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the all the the woman's uh, fight for you know equality. Mm-hmm. It's they they say, well, you're a man, you don't got to worry about the stuff mm-hmm. I got to worry about. But it's like, nah, I'm a man, but I'm a black man. Yeah, and I know you don't mean nothing by it, and mm-hmm. I know the people that say it to me don't mean nothing by right. it. But I'm not just a black man. I'm a big, scary black man. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. I fuck with people so much because they're so scared <laughs> of me. And it's probably wrong, and I try to refrain from it. But when mm-hmm. I see a really good opportunity, yeah. I got to capitalize on it. <laughs> Point being, back when we, when we were in uh, school, mm-hmm. I lived on Philly Street. Of As course you did. everyone knows, <laughs> Philly Street was where it was popping at. It Definitely. was like four or five bars on Philly Street. Right. Best wings, best mm-hmm. cheesesteaks, everything was on Philly. Penny Street. drinks. Wolfies. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. Tony. Anyway. Yeah. Oh man. So one night I'm walking from the show. Mm-hmm. This was actually when, no, this wasn't when we were uh, doing the show together. This was before you guys got there. So it's probably, we got done our show, what, 11? No, it was o'clock. like 1 a.m. Yeah. It was, it was late. Yeah. yeah. So. I walk all the way from the radio station to Philly Street. It's a hike. It's, a, it's a cold as shit. Oof, yeah, it makes it feel even and longer. And I'm just trying to get in the house. Right. Two white girls. Mm. I'm not saying it was because of that. <laughs> I'm just saying scary right. black dude, two white girls. Yeah. There's stigmas and around And we're in it. Indiana, Pennsylvania. And we're in Indiana, <laughs> Pennsylvania, where not too many black people are there unless they go to the school. <laughs> Pretty much. So, two White girls are at least a good 20, 30 yards ahead of me. Mm-hmm. I'm walking kind of fast because it's freaking cold. cold. Yeah. And they turn and look at me mm-hmm. and they start walking faster. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, oh, that was weird, but I ain't going to pay no mind. Right. They look back again mm-hmm. and then they haul off running <laughs> like full sprint. They thought you were following them. Yes. Mm. Yeah, first of all, they ran across the street <laughs> to the side that I live on. Oh. Then I walked across the street. <laughs> so and then really they started like running it. again. I said, you know what? Just because y'all want to be like that. You going to start running too? I started hauling <laughs> ass. Probably scared them out. They oh, draw. Oh, my God. And as soon as I got to my house, I stopped. Walked into my house. <laughs> and they were still booking it. I'm oh, like, listen, gosh. man. It's, it's not shit, a, yeah. it's shit like that that 
black men got to deal with. Yeah. It's shit like me at my job being one of the only two black men mm-hmm. on my team. Mm-hmm. And they saying shit, Trump shit. Ugh. Or they saying, you know, Steph's the big black guy. He could get it. Mm. Or, you know, shit yeah. like that. And it's yeah. like, ah, sometimes jokes ain't, you know, really necessary. Yeah. Or it's like, when I say, like one, this, <laughs> a, a higher up actually said this shit to me at like one of the little events we had. Mm-hmm. He said, um, you know, I'm sure you've had your run-ins with the law. Mm. I wanted to say, what? Yeah. Fucking, what? What did wow. you just say to me? And he's like, oh, no, no. He's like, that kind of came out wrong, but I'm there sure. There was no way of it to come out right. right. He was like, no, I'm sure you've had that deal with cops at some point in no. your life. And I'm like, in in what way? Right. And he was like, no, you, you know, growing up in the inner city. You oh, know nothing so you about my background. Keep, you just right. want to keep, keep going. piling on. And it's like, fam, just because I'm from the inner city of Philly don't mean I've had run-ins with the cops. Right. I, I have, but it was more on some racist shit. Yeah. I remember me and my brother got stopped, mm-hmm. frisked. I was only 10 years old. Wow. They were looking for two teenagers, 17 and 19. Wow. Not even close. My brother was 15. I was 10. Not even close. Got slammed on the hood of the car. The officer fills my heart mm-hmm. while he's like mm-hmm. patting me down. He says, why your heart beating so fast? What you, what you afraid of? What you, what you, why you scared? <laughs> what you did something? Right. I'm like, bruh, you like, I'm just a little kid and you're frisking me. Yeah. Then. To them it was normal. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I ain't never had no cop like do right. this to me. Then I'm 15, mm-hmm. 30, a 30-year-old 30 man. Robbed the 7-Eleven at the corner of my block. I mean, uh, my Uh neighborhood. Cop pulls me over. Wow. I'm getting bread. (laughs) I was getting bread. I ain't seen this dude. I don't know who this dude is. Cop pulled me over. You fit the description of a 30-year-old man, fam. Right. Back then, I didn't even have, like, my full beard. Right, right. No, I had a goatee, but Mm -hmm. I still looked young. Yeah. Shit like that. Even at Indiana, oh yeah, uh, IUP, Everybody. I've gotten that multiple times. But that's the type of strife men deal with. I know oh, yeah. I got long-winded, but I don't think women take that into account well, sometimes when they're like, it's like men, I guess men were taught to push, push it to the side and bury it. Yes. Well, yes, I think men were taught that. And I think that. In different cultures, we are more aware right. of how we are affected, right? Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, like, I think for the black man, black woman, we are 100% always in tune with the pressures and stress that you're under as well as what we are under. Right. Because we vocalize it. We talk about it. We saw it generationally. Yeah. And <laughs> the story, the well, narrative think- hasn't changed that much now if you look at the news. like well, shit, we, we, Same shit just happened in Philly. Right. Like we, I think that we can talk, we are aware of it and see it, but I don't feel like when I've seen couples in therapy or 
even friends that they have those kind of dialogues about the things that amongst each other amongst each other about the things that they've dealing with or the pressures they're feeling from family friends jobs or just random ass people who feel like they can make opinions about your life yeah that how much that weighs on you and then you bring it back into the relationship and and honestly i'm glad you said you don't know if they have those conversations Mm -hmm. because i feel like Women want the man to understand mm. the shit they go through mm-hmm. in life more than the woman wants to understand the man. Yeah, I, it has to be for me. It has to be fluid. Is that is that maybe it's just through my experience? I see that. No, I see that too. Um, and I think because people just don't take the time just to discuss. They it. They don't take the time to discuss it. Or, I mean, I'm gonna be honest. In therapy, I don't see a lot of women allowing men to tell their story because they don't feel like it's as valid as theirs. Okay. See, thank <laughs> man. What, I don't even know what button it is, but air horns, air horns, air horns. I, oh my goodness. And I've seen that and I've had to have separate conversations about that. And it's sometimes in therapy, I have to take the therapy hat off when I'm yeah. doing like one-on-ones and, and come as like a woman of like, you're not really giving him the space in this relationship. Right to be himself or to even have a voice. You know what I've heard? What you complaining about? Mm. I do all the work around the Mm -hmm. house. I do all this. Mm -hmm. What you, all you do is go to work every day. Mm -hmm. Shit. You don't know that nigga probably got pulled over that day or so I will take some blame. Mm -hmm. Men don't just share feelings a lot. They don't share what they're going through. And sometimes even when it's prompted, they still don't. Right. They still don't. Like I've been told all the time, like, dude, you can't just like, I guess because growing up, Mm -hmm. I was taught, listen, man, you just got to push through that shit. Don't complain about it. Mm -hmm. And I've had to learn. It's not complaining. No. You just talking to to somebody to get it it out. Yeah. To get it out. But Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so I'll say, yeah, men, I, I, I kind of understand somewhat because men aren't very forthcoming. Mm-hmm. But it's like, eh, if your man comes home every day, mm-hmm. start, takes a drink, <laughs> and just want to sit and watch the game yeah. all day. Yeah. That's eh, probably because he had a rough day. Right. Well, and I think that that's something that I've seen most as people have been coming in for more couples therapy yeah. during this pandemic yeah, especially is, is that now y'all really getting to know each other now you're really getting to know each other They're like i don't even i've been living with a stranger for the last three yeah. years i didn't even know but i think people didn't also don't realize how stressful other people's jobs are yeah or the things that you're up against or how many crazy motherfuckers you work with because like people are now like wow i see you now i understand yeah. why you come home and like that because i hear your calls i hear how your meetings have been going and that's a lot. I didn't realize. And I'm sorry that I didn't realize. Like, I hear that in therapy now. But it's like, we can't always expect a pandemic to happen for y'all to have these dialogues. Right. Like, people have to be checking in with their partners about, like, how are you? What's really going on? And 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 I think even when people have been together a long time, like, people still don't ask or talk about their past. True. They don't bring... True. That dialogue. And I would love if people had more conversations like that. And, like... For me, because I'm a therapist, but even back then before I was a therapist, it was really hard for me to be that vulnerable with somebody because Mm -hmm. I wanted them to just enjoy who I was right now. And I didn't want to change the way that they thought about me if I told them about my past. And even now, there's still times where I'm like, 
I'm Jen, the therapist. And if I tell you about my struggles, I'm always concerned of like, are you going to look at me different? Are you going to think I'm weak? Are you going to think that you can't come to me and talk to me about your feelings? That's, yeah, that's deep. That That is a, a big weight that I wear now with this career. Um, and that's hurt me in a lot of ways. It's helped me in a lot of ways because I've realized how much I was thinking about how other people right. thought of me. But for me, it also is like, well, you're a strong black woman. Like, you should be able to carry it. And it's like, Mm-mm, no, I can't. I can't carry it all the time. Yeah. I have to allow myself to be vulnerable. I have to be able to tell people what's really going on because if I don't, I'm, I'm just going to cr- crumble. And that's happened many times. I have just fallen apart because I didn't talk to people. I didn't let it out. Um, but, but yeah, I used to be really afraid of that. If I am vulnerable with somebody, are they going to think of me different? And I don't want to change their perspective. No, I totally understand. I've man, listen, they, they say men cry in the dark. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, since my daughter was born, I'll just cry <laughs> anywhere now. But uh, especially after JC passed, mm-hmm. that I was just in a dark place for years. A yeah. good, I want to say a good 10 years. Mm-hmm. My cousin died back in 2010. Mm-hmm. I mean, 2006. I was about to say. Yeah, 2006. <laughs> it's took me about a good 10 years to finally be able to mention his name mm. without getting teary eyed. Yeah. Um, cause granted I have an older brother, mm-hmm. but my brother is five years older than me. Yeah. Even though we lived in the same house, mm-hmm. we hung out and we were close. I wasn't as close with my brother mm-hmm. as I was with JC. JC yeah. was two years older than me. Right. JC kind of brought me out of my shell. I hung out with JC all the time yeah. when we were in high school because my brother, he was he was gone. <laughs> he was living this, his life. This, he, oh, like, I can't even get in a club with him, you right, know what I'm saying? Right. So, well, I probably could because <laughs> I looked older than him my whole, well, once I turned like 11. But, <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> no, I'm fucking with you now. Um, no, but... um. Yeah, so... But J.C. also is just a huge personality. J.C. was a huge personality. He was the life of the party. Right. So, (laughs) now imagine being... I'll say it. I don't have no problem with it. Being his sidekick. Yeah. It was like, Mm -hmm. dude, (laughs) I got to match his energy. And because I had to match his energy... That's all order. It brought my, like, fun self out. I'll give you a perfect example. Me and J.C., Go see these girls, right? Mm-hmm. He's she's like, you know, you got somebody for my friend, right? Jay was like, yo, <laughs> you ain't got to tell them how old you is, right? You with me, so they're gonna think you older. <laughs> so I'm probably what 15, 16. We go to the girl crib, we hanging out, and her friend goes to <laughs> JC and was like, yo, what's up with your, your boy? Is, <laughs> is he mute? He's quiet. Like, he not don't talking. say shit. <laughs> And I, he was like, yo, man, you got to stop that, like, <laughs> that mean-ass, grizzly, everybody. He's like, dog, we not around nobody else. We, right, ain't, right. we ain't about to get in no fight. You can be good now. And he's like, yo, you got to show people, like, you crack jokes yeah. all the time. You laugh all the Just time. Just be yourself. Like, people, yeah, be yourself. Mm-hmm. And as we, you know, I say the one of the best decisions I ever made was going to IUP because I yeah. started at Westchester. Right. And when I uh, had to take a semester off, mm-hmm. JC was like, yo, come to school with me mm-hmm. and get Westchester. And, you know, when he passed, mm-hmm. oh, man, that like, 
that literally fucked my life up. Yeah. So I want to say just around about 2016 Mm -hmm. was when I could finally just, you know, talk about him, Mm -hmm. talk about life, Mm -hmm. talk about all the shit I was going through. And yeah, I've cried. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I've done all that. But I found it hard when I got into relationships. Yeah. And I couldn't receive the openness. Mm. And it would frustrate me so much because I'm so open. Yeah. I'm trusting you. Mm -hmm. Why you can't trust me? Well, and I think that that's one of the reasons why people get so disappointed is because they expect people to match your energy. We expect people to match our energy. And that's just, and that's not also the reason why we're doing it. We're open because we're just open. Right. Like, or we're an extrovert. Like, that's just just, our personality. That's our personality. I can't expect somebody else to do the same because I'm learning that. I don't don't know their story. I don't know their history. Um, Although I'm asking questions because I want to know. But, like, I learned a long time ago. I was like, I'm always going to be disappointed if I expect somebody else to be as open or communicate like I do. Right. First of all, communication is my life. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> shit, mean, like, we, both, can, we both we both majored in this. Yeah, shit. right. Communications <laughs> is our major, so like, uh, yeah, that's a it's a big deal, and everybody is not gonna. Yeah. It's, that's not everybody's language. It's, it's, it's crazy when you find out that, damn, everybody don't really like to talk like no, that. no, especially funny, not feelings and the emotions. Funny thing is, up until college, I did not talk. I did not talk. I used to go through so much shit. I used to deal with so much shit. Mm -hmm. Like just, you know, things going on at home. Uh, For a a few years, I dealt with shit like feeling like I wasn't, you know, worthy or whatever just because Mm -hmm. like my pops wasn't around. Me and my mom would always argue all the time. Me and my brother was going through shit. So I would just be like, damn, why don't nobody like me? Mm. And then (laughs) quiet as cut. (laughs) Your boy couldn't get a girl in high school to save his (laughs) life. Like, I swear to you, every girl in my high school was like, fuck out of here, Steph. They could smell it on you. Yeah. The the depression, the anger, the the misery, all that stuff. People, it's like like you exude it. So it's it's, it's like, I don't want to be around some miserable ass soul. A hundred percent. I have often said we date. Based on our self esteem. True. Very so true. Very true. If if I don't even like myself, love myself, I'm pretty much going to pick somebody who probably treat me like shit because I feel like that's what I deserve. So that goes back right. to the the point we were making earlier. Why people women can't take compliments, can't, right? Some women can't take compliments. I've been told that multiple times in the past mm. that like. When someone gave me a compliment, there was always something that came after it instead of just thank you. And so I really had to like evaluate like where that was coming from with me. And for a long time, I didn't feel comfortable in my own skin. There's a lot of days I don't feel comfortable in my own skin now. But I just couldn't accept compliments because I was like, well, that's just not true. Like they're just saying that because they're trying to be nice or, you know, like they want something from me. So like I just wasn't good at accepting it. Um. But there was a lot of work I did when I was becoming a therapist and I had to go to therapy and right. <laughs> work through all that stuff. Um, and then I realized that that was something a lot of women were missing. So, so do you think that's why it's hard for a lot of women to. So women get really upset about 
being compliment on their physical complimented mm-hmm. on their physical mm-hmm. appearance. It's like, sis, I don't know you got two degrees and you're a PhD and all right. this other stuff. But I, I find that because like for a lot of women, most of the time guys have sexualized them based on their body. Okay. So, and that's it, probably true. 90% right. and, of the time. and after you've been, somebody has said something multiple times about your body. You're like, yo, is that all anybody ever thinks about? Like that's where you, your tolerance is at that I point because you. you're just like, damn, yeah, you don't know. I got two degrees, but you're like, you know, like how's your day going? That's a whole different narrative that true. you just started instead of saying like, Oh, like, you know, you look good or like you're beautiful. I'm like, Ugh. well, playing devil's advocate again, <laughs> I'm six, five. Uh, I get the, Damn, you must be strong. How big is your... F- oh, you got you wear a size 14? Oh, I know your dick is swinging. It's like, that is a lot of pressure, ma'am. <laughs> like, what if I can't, you know, live up to your request and your, your imagination? I mean... we Men are sexualized, too. I'm I- joking, but it is a serious topic. Steph, you asked about us. Okay, I'm sorry. not about My you. Bad. I, I went not on. Not about you. <laughs> Stop your old flashbacks, okay? For us... And then also people don't think about it, but me with my therapist hat on most of the time women have bad responses to people saying something about their body because they probably have some type of sexual trauma, Uh. which is a huge, huge thing. Super important to ask when you're in a relationship. And I don't care if you're listening and you're a man or a woman, you should ask people when you're asking about their sexual history, you should ask, do they have any sexual traumas? What? Because that is a big thing. Because even though you know, like you're like, well, they look fine. You well, know, yeah. that doesn't mean anything. Because <laughs> yeah. I've heard it. People are like, well, they looked okay. Like, you don't know what's happening on the right. inside. Like I, most people look fine some... on the outside, but they are dying on the inside. Wow. Yeah. No, nah, it's just crazy to me that somebody would say, "Well, they look fine." Well, motherfucker, you don't know what they had to, that, people... how much they had to go through to put that. That good face on. Listen, when I've had conversations with people about sex education, I have said, you need to ask somebody what their HIV status is. And they're like, oh, but she looked clean. She looked fine. So she, okay, she, yeah, she I was be one of them dumbass dudes when I was a right. Teenager. So like you have to like, <laughs> I I know people are like, but you don't. Have to, yes, you do. Like you have to. I have learned as a therapist, you have to spell it all out all the time yeah. because you can't assume that people just know. Right, but common sense is not very common. Not, not not very common, but for me, like dealing with self esteem and like compliments. So. Mm-hmm. Because I had been told that myself, worked through it in therapy, I realized, like, when people say something, I just have to say thank you. And I have to sit with that. Mm-hmm. And and that's just something I have to do for me in order for, to kind of marinate on it. Right. But in therapy, I used to work in addictions therapy. Well, I still do. But primarily, I used to do a lot of substance abuse. And I had a client, and she was an older woman, probably, like, in her 50s. And she was coming to treatment for alcoholism. Mm-hmm. She had been to treatment. This was her second time in treatment ever. Mm-hmm. She had been an alcoholic over 30 years. And she used to come in. <laughs> Mind you, this is in Miami. And it was hot as shit. It's the summertime. And she used to come in with a leather coat on Bruh. to her sessions. She used to come in with a leather what? coat. She had, like, T-shirt on, um, shorts, and, like, combat boots. And I would be like. Oh my gosh. And this lady talked about like she looked dead in the face. Like she just looked like there was no energy, no feelings, no nothing. She would come in my sessions and just sit there. 
And sometimes she would just cry. And I would ask questions. I would say things. I would try to prompt her. And she just would cry the whole 60 minutes. Wow. And so after like the third session, I was like, okay, we're going to do, I'm going to have to change my approach. Because right. we, we got to do switch something. It up. <laughs> yeah. So I just started complimenting her on what I seen in her and the strength that I saw that she at least showed up right. every week. Right. No matter Because at least she's trying. At least she's trying. Even if she doesn't have the words, she's still allowing herself to cry. Right. And she still showed up. She still got up. She still showered. She got dressed. She, she said, came there. That was probably her release throughout right. the week. Right. So I started giving her compliments. And I would do that for maybe like five, ten minutes. Mm. And then I did that for probably a couple of weeks. And then eventually, one day she came in. And when I stopped, she was like, it's my turn to give you compliments. Oh, look and at I that. I was like, whoa. Like, it was like she woke up. You know right. what I mean? It was like, and then she started giving me compliments. And that's how we would start our session every day, every week for six months. That's dope. For six months. That's and dope. this lady made a full transformation. Like, her, we started just focusing on self-esteem. But she had been raped three times. She was, she had reported the rapes, but because she was an alcoholic, they did not oh, they take her cases take serious. So none of her rapists were ever caught. And so she just drank to deal with it, you know? And so we just focused on self-esteem. We didn't process the trauma. We didn't really focus on her family too much. We just focused on self-esteem for like months before we could get into anything else. And that is what literally transformed her. And she showed up one day wearing a dress. She wore a colorful dress at that. Hey. She had she got in her first pedicure ever. Get it? She had sandals. I was like, "Hello." I mean, like she had gray hair before she came in. She had colored her hair. I was like, "What happened?" She's like, "I was at the store and I just I saw a dress." She's like, "I haven't worn a dress in twenty years." Uh, and I was like, "Self esteem." Yes. That's where we started. Was just compliments. So before we get out of here, I want to ask a question that it could be long, but I don't know. How do you, you, you talk about sexual trauma and, mm-hmm. and uh, shit, it doesn't have to just be a woman, a man's past yeah, as well. Yeah, absolutely. How does, how do you approach your partner mm-hmm. with that question? Mm-hmm. Because you don't know how long ago that trauma was. Right. It could have happened right before you. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to make them feel uneasy about it. Right. How do you, for like the listeners, approach that Mm -hmm. and be very, you know, empathetic and, you know. Yeah. This, I appreciate you asking this question. So I like to just people, couples should be talking about sexual history, sexual health um, in general, whether this is somebody that you're casual with or someone you're in a long-term relationship with. I'm just talking about like HIV status. How often do you get tested? You know, like, what do you like? What do you dislike Mm -hmm. when it comes to sex? You know, and then you kind of just add those questions in of like, you know, like, have you, do you have any, you can literally just say sexual traumas. That way it kind of like, is an umbrella for anything of yeah, like it, molestation, it right? Right, pretty rape much anything or that you did not any, like, anything that you felt you might feel uncomfortable asking right. specifically. So you can just ask about sexual traumas, and I find that my male clients appreciate that term more than like, "Have you ever been molested?" or yeah. "Has someone ever touched you?" That is, that's I've I've learned from other mm-hmm. men that like. Mm-hmm. Don't ask me that because then that means there's something wrong with me. Right, right. Yeah. So it's and 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 you know like I just. 
it's such an important thing to ask somebody because it's a big part of why or why not they're not willing to do certain things or that you could trigger them if you do something that could have resulted in something that happened in their sexual trauma so just talking in general about your sex life or sex sex in general in your relationship but asking like you know like I never asked if you've been in a relationship before and you're like you know I've never asked you before but like do you have any sexual traumas? Like, did you have anything that ever happened to you in your past? Cause I'd want to know that just giving it a safe space of, I want to know that. So I know of how to support you or if that something ever came up, how I could support you, mm-hmm. you know? And then if they say that they have asked, have you ever processed that with a therapist? Would you say bringing it up? If like you guys are watching like a Netflix show or, yeah. or something like that, that could be a safe Is space. Is that like an easy uh-huh. way to, transition yeah. into it. Yeah, okay. if there's a scene or something like that and you're like, "Yo, that's pretty deep." Like, have you ever been through something like that? I I went now when I look at things that mm-hmm. happened in my life, I do remember I it wasn't we weren't really serious, but mm-hmm. you know, every now and then we would just hang out with each other. Yeah. And I remember we were watching um fuck, I can't remember what that uh show. It was a show on Netflix. Mhm. Where basically, like the uh, the girl was being molested by her dad's—I mean, her friend's dad—and mm. uh, she was like sixteen, seventeen, or whatever, like that. Mm-hmm. And the person that I was, you know, kicking mm-hmm. it with, she kind of was like, "Yo, I don't want to watch this." Yeah. And whenever any kind of weird, mm-hmm. like uneasy type shit came mm-hmm. up that dealt with either rape or any type yeah. of molestation. She's like, yo, that's like, that's bringing every, bringing the mood down. I don't want to mm-hmm. watch that. Mm-hmm. And I never really thought about that until yeah. we started talking about this. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. There's different things that will come up that people won't realize. I see it a lot when people come into therapy and like, they're trying to introduce like kink or BDSM mm-hmm. into the relationship or they want to like partake in some type of like swingers or something yeah. like that and the, the partner usually is very resistant and then like they come into therapy and they're like i just want you to try, get my partner to try to do these things but then like i might ask for an individual session with that uh-huh. partner and i specifically ask a, a screening of questions but one of them is do you have any history of sexual trauma and most of the time they do mm. but they have never disclosed it to their partner right. because they didn't feel like it was a safe space or they didn't want to change the narrative and how their partner looked at them. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Like, yeah. do you think the reason we hide that from our partners mm-hmm. is because we, I think sometimes we think our partner looks at us a certain yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. And we don't want to break change that that. That, yeah. that mirror or that glass mm-hmm. of that image that they have of us. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And I think people always are afraid that their partner may shame them mm. about what happened to them. Because that has happened with past partners sometimes. people, And I think that's a lot of times of going back to what we were talking about communication. People don't often communicate their feelings because somebody else has already invalidated them in a previous relationship. Damn. Yeah. I didn't even think we was going to get this deep. This was was good conversation, man. Yeah. And, And I encourage people, if they have any additional questions about sexual traumas or about how you know, how to phrase these questions, please feel free to email me. You can email me at my business email at sextherapistgen at gmail.com. These topics get very serious and I, and I know that it's not always comfortable for people to have that dialogue with their partner. So if you, you know, want to just consult with a, a way to bring it up, please contact me. I'd be more than happy to help, 
you know, navigate some conversations just so people can be more honest with each other. Yeah, and just if y'all just want to talk to us, period, whether yeah. it be about any top any serious topics or y'all have suggestions for the uh, show on which I want to hear us talk about, you mm-hmm. know, hit up Love Lust and Lies Podcast at Gmail mm-hmm. or, you know, go to anchor.fm, Love Lust Lies Podcast. I mean, well, forward slash Love Lust Lies Podcast. And, uh, you know, leave us a message. Let us know how y'all feeling out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, Thank y'all. We appreciate y'all. We love our female listeners. We love, love, love our female listeners. Yes. But fellas, where fellas, are y'all at? Where y'all at, man? <laughs> we we was we was holding steady with the women listeners. We was it was like a 55, 45 right. now. It, it's like guys, 64. Guys are not consistent, women. you know. So listen, man, <laughs> fellas, hit me up, hit Jen up if if right. y'all want to keep it. You know, a man thing like Martin said, you know, hit me up on, uh, you know, Stefan underscore Urkel or uh, shit, just, you know, hit the uh, Gmail. Yeah. Let us know what y'all thinking, man. Or guys, if you're listening, which we do have the ones who listen, they've been like day one. Share this in your guys group chats, you know, like let your other fellas know as they're coming over for games for football season, you know, like share with them, let them know that you've been listening to a dope podcast and that, you know, we give them both perspectives. So yes. There's something for yes. everybody to learn. So we appreciate those who have been listening and been down with us since episode one. And um, we're just excited that we got episode eight in the books. And now so we'll see you next week for episode nine. You've been listening to Love, Lust and Lies. Rather lose love than to move on, never knowing what it feel like. Short days, long nights, by the phone, no call. Need a clear mind, cause I've been blind, got me going down that road. Heart made a stone far away from home, black woman, cold. Every problem that you ever had with another man, I gotta face. Started off on thin ice, I'm still here, but I can't skate. Slow sink, can't breathe, no remorse, don't think.